Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast. Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast. Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast. Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast, a show where we get up close and personal with some of the most celebrated marketeers in the country. We talk to them and discover the art and science of marketing. After all, we are a show for marketeers by marketeers. Listen in. On this episode, we have Jaslyn from Benetton. She talks to us about what it takes to market to this ever-evolving, ever-changing, and ever-so-mysterious youth of today. Listen in. Today, I have a really, really interesting guest with me on the podcast. So I have Jaslyn with me. And apart from the fact that Jaslyn and I went to the same college, what is also interesting is that both of us have a hobby of writing as well. So while I write people who get murdered, crime fiction and other things, Jaslyn writes something completely different. Uh, Jaslyn, do you want to talk about what you write? Hi, Saurav. First of all, thank you so much for having me. And uh, yes, I am from MDI, the same college as Saurav is from. And uh, I I actually love to write poetry. Uh, I do write short stories. I've started writing a novel, but one book that I already have out is around poetry and that's called Ginger and Honey. So what we're going to do is, uh, Jasleen, we will drop the link of the book in the show notes. So in case people want to buy, they can do that. And the royalty is mine. Whoever buys it. (laughs) Done. Done deal. (laughs) Happily. So tell me about the novel. That's interesting. I didn't know that you were writing a novel. What are you doing? So I'm actually writing the sci-fi novel, but it's got a philosophical angle to it. It's about the situation where one individual faces a crisis on the earth and how that individual kind of copes up with it. So yeah, it's a very American sci-fi kind of a novel, but it's got a really deep and philosophical take on it. I think I think whatever little I've interacted with you, you have been amongst the most philosophical people I know. So um, I think it's just that, and, and those are very impressive days and that's a very impressionable age that you have so I think uh, getting exposed to a lot of psychology and philosophy that time really built it in me so over the years it's just grown so funny thing uh, I am training to be a script writer for screens for TV and films and a couple of days back I attended a class on uh, psychology 101 so so the gentleman took us through uh, you know the entire school of psychology that Freud, Freud I don't know how to pronounce his name yeah, Freud. Uh, <laughs> spoke about so that is interesting so tell me uh, let's talk about your uh, career right like talk to us about from the first job onwards till where you are right now um, so I have through and through been in marketing. I feel it's a little limiting, but yes, that's way the career has panned out for me. So I started with a publishing house where um, I was in the sales and communication department. I was just there for a an year and I kind of uh, tasted the tea and realized, okay, dude, sales is not for me. So I have to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I My second job was in Canon. I spent about a little more than four years in Canon, did two different departments, uh, extensively managed the advertising. BTL and public relations and then I have come on to Benetton United Colors of Benetton where um, mm-hmm. I have already crossed the five-year mark uh, been a very wow. very interesting stint with Benetton learned a lot here did a lot here contributed a lot here and uh, mm-hmm. the fashion landscapes ever changing so you know it's never the same year the next year that mm-hmm. you work on so yeah and, and it's been very dynamic uh, most of the early trends uh, I feel come in retail come in fashion so to say so yeah I've also been an adopter of the early trends in the market mm-hmm. so I feel great about it yeah tell me what is a typical day like for a marketer at a fashion brand that is moving super fast um, see I'll, I'll kind of uh, start from very basic uh, we try mm-hmm. we mostly try to club fashion in one umbrella but that's not really the case when you try to talk about fashion there is a big 
uh, demarcation between a fast fashion brand, between a mass brand, between a mass premium brand, between a bridge to luxury brand, between a luxury brand. So there are these uh, very uh, strong uh, arenas where each brand operates. And it's, and trust me, every brand has a different ball game altogether. So for a fast fashion brand, for example, you know, their priorities might not be so much to, um, you know, highlight an advertising campaign as much it would be to do an influencer marketing campaign. Uh, it pretty much depends on where you are. If I really talk about my particular day, I think about uh, 50 to 60% of my day is with, with meetings, with vendor meetings, with agency meetings, because there is a lot in the fashion industry that you have to outsource. Um, so mm-hmm. right from your social agencies to your public relation agencies to also there is this huge uh, space that fashion has entered, which is strategic alliances. Uh, so, you know, you mm-hmm. kind of try to uh, find brands that have the same DNA as you and you want to create associative imagery. And then there's a lot that's happening on digital front, uh, whether it is mm-hmm. digital marketing or it is digital conversions of customers or uh, an online to an offline getting people to the brick and mortar stores. So I think a big chunk mm-hmm. goes into uh, doing all of these meetings and staying updated with what is happening in the market. And mm-hmm. I think one uh, other big chunk of your day really goes into getting all internal updates. So, you know, uh, what is the progress on the next collection? What is happening on the next to next collection ideation? Because fashion industry really works way in advance uh, on the mm-hmm. internal front. And uh, then comes your market research, your comes your market visits, team alignment. You basically uh, see what's happening out there in the market, not just on Instagram, but you go out and see what stores are, what is, what is comp- competition really talking like. So any particular day is like a mix of all of these things. And you still find time to write poetry and <laughs> I that, that's all of that is post office hours when I really have to like relax um, that's mostly that time there is no scope of any poetry whatsoever <laughs> writing when I'm doing work apart from probably writing stinkers to people who haven't given in whatever or they've missed their deadline yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm sure you must be on the receiving end of stinkers as well uh, so at office or even at home for example mm-hmm. let's say you're struggling with a huge marketing problem that you can't seem to find a solution mm-hmm. so who do you reach out to for help so you know sometimes when you are heading a department there are pros and cons of it um, sometimes getting an immediate help can be a task because what happens is when you are heading a particular region a local region you pretty much have to figure out things uh, and and I kind of have realized one thing that whenever I've been stuck uh, and I'm a mm-hmm. little old school when I say that uh, what has really mm-hmm. helped me is going to academia um, you know okay. uh, probably looking up for some case studies, uh, looking up Mm -hmm. for uh, culture notes. So I am a really big fan of culture notes. I don't know how many marketers Mm -hmm. really use that, but uh, I I feel as a marketing person and and definitely I am of the opinion that marketing is not a science, it's an art. So you need to, uh, mm-hmm. You need to understand people because ultimately your consumer is is the artist or is 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 really the is sorry not the artist is at the receiving end of the art. So understanding mm-hmm. how the millennial population talks, walks, what their culture is, what their likes are, I have mostly seen that those are where the answers lie. You know, any question that yeah. you have on marketing, just resort to the mm-hmm. culture and you you'll get the answer. Got it. So this brings me from here. 
सो वन इज अज्यूम करो कि आई एम फर्स्ट ईयर स्टूडेंट एट एम डी आई एंड यू गो बैक टू कॉलेज एंड यूर सपोज टू इंट्रोड्यूस दिस इंटायर आइडिया ऑफ कल्चर न्यू टू दैम इन लाइक टू मिनट्स फाइव मिनट्स टॉक टू मी अबाउट दैट दैट इज क्वेश्चन नंबर वन एंड क्वेश्चन नंबर टू दैट यू नो इवन टू इवन टू एक्सपीरियंस कंज्यूमर्स यू मस्ट बी यू मस्ट बी फाइंडिंग दम समेर राइट आई मीन डू यू गो टू मार्केट्स टू ऑब्जर्व दैम डू यू स्टैंड इन योर स्टोर्स do you have younger cousins who who consume your products so what is your uh, you know sample set and how do you build that sample set of of consumers okay very technical question so i'll go to your first question first uh, and mm-hmm. i'll take you back almost one or two decades to answer that question uh, do you know we mm-hmm. eat cheese like you know we eat the processed cheese the amul cheese or the mother dairy cheese um, yeah, yeah. you know when it was introduced in the market it was a big failure in indian market because okay. people didn't know how to eat it you know okay so if you mm-hmm. go back I can see some of the early cheese campaigns. Those campaigns mm-hmm. were talking about how you can top it up on your parantha, how you can top it up on your bread, and you really make a bread sandwich with cheese. Mm-hmm. See, it sounds so simple, but the answer really was in the culture. There is a certain way mm-hmm. Indians have breakfast, and you want to mm-hmm. introduce cheese to them. So you need to find mm-hmm. that one meal where you can very easily fit in cheese key utility. You know, so it, very interestingly, um, I, I kind of feel that's a great great culture example and this is not mm-hmm. just this uh, with cheese you know it's also um, uh, when you try and talk about like most of the utility uh, campaigns are around culture mm-hmm. you talk about wheat mm-hmm. as a product you know you talk about women mm-hmm. having to go to salon to get their hair removed so they try yeah. and tell how you don't have time and how this is not going to hurt you and whatever whatever so they really take a peek inside what is the culture of a person what do they really do what their routine is like what do they like what do they not not like so i i think culture is a very broad term for all of that that's the first part of your question second part of your question is very very difficult to answer on a podcast you if i am able to answer this i am up for an award let me make it simple for you so so tell me uh, so don't give me scientific numbers in terms of x logo ka aapka panel hai yeah. but but if i want to learn let's say for example health space and i want to create a new brand of health products for example i'm just throwing an example mm-hmm. now i want to observe दुनिया में हेल्थ में चल क्या you know when you talk about a market research you we we mm-hmm. have to understand and we have to be very sure of this fact that we are talking about large numbers we are not talking about a niche segment or what is happening happening in one local area because i'll tell you uh, there are certain markets there are certain smaller pockets in a particular big market which will mm-hmm. always show deviation that will have exceptional yeah, yeah, effects yeah. you know yeah. so i think uh, basing your big decisions on just observations of one or two or three people is never a great idea because mm-hmm. uh, we all tend to generalize you know i would know mm-hmm. someone who loves a certain kind of a body cream but just that one person mm-hmm. loving the body cream doesn't make me infer that that body cream is the best so i will be old school when i answer this question that market research agencies are a big big winner here uh, the kind mm-hmm. of reach they have the kind
kind of um, moderation they can do on the content is a big value add because they mm-hmm. talk about cities they talk about a certain demographic they try to keep your error rate slow so yes if you're genuinely thinking of investments there are money's involved there are decisions involved you have to talk mm-hmm. to a market research company nonetheless i am not going to deny the fact that some of the greatest startup ideas in the world have come from one peop- one person's observation you know one mm-hmm. mark zuckerberg thought there was no social network you know that yeah, was one yeah. man's observation and that worked out right but i i feel in a corporate uh, where you're working for a brand and you have to base uh, your decisions i think a one person's observation if it's very strong enough should be corroborated with the market research but putting all uh, bets on just observation to me doesn't sound like a great idea until unless it's very intuitive and it's like right out there on your face got this so easy question for you tell me when they finally said ki pizza ke upar pineapple dalna hai so was it an individual or was it a research agency um you know there <laughs> there there are points uh, sort of where uh, sometimes people who have been at the helm of things have taken very strong decisions you know if i uh, talk mm-hmm. about uh, starbucks uh, a man uh, schwartz you know he's taken some yeah. of the biggest decisions himself if i talk about dunkin donuts there would be this mm-hmm. one man and he will say listen i want to get rid of donuts for example there was a time when dunkin donuts sort of it so yeah. all i'm saying is that yes sometimes decisions would come from one man uh, taking mm-hmm. the things in their control but you know those those people are at the helm of things you know either mm-hmm. they're the founders the co-founders or people who've had various years of experience and you know they know the industry in and out those kind of people are are gurus are byrons so when you talk mm-hmm. about that one man it's probably equivalent to a million research uh, researchers but also putting pizza uh, putting pineapple on the pizza is again a very traditional culture if you go back to uh, some of the continental cuisines that combination has existed ever since it is just that they have mm-hmm. taken one proven concept of pineapple and another proven concept of pizza and got it married so yes that is some strategy that they've put i think probably it's just going to be some great chef's idea i'm not sure it's a market research idea just in so i know you right i mean i know you apart from this podcast as well so and and you are a fairly yeah. vocal advocate of uh, you know mental health and stuff so do you want to talk to our young marketeers and tell them that you know what is your opinion on that Absolutely yes absolutely yes you know uh, there is one example that i keep quoting to everyone and this one example i heard in my masters class when i was doing uh, psychology uh, i was doing masters in english and there was a psychology class and this psychology mm-hmm. professor said one thing you know mm-hmm. he was giving us a situation and he told us how one tenant uh, committed suicide and he said okay. that tenant committed suicide because he had fight with the landlord in the morning Mm-hmm. but the reason that he committed suicide is not that he had the fight with the landlord in the morning the reasons mm-hmm. are underlying reasons but that fight mm-hmm. in the morning became a trigger for him to take his life so i just feel yes. that you know there is so much that goes out on the social media where everybody says that be kind be kind and i can't say it enough how important it is to be, be to be kind to everyone because at that time what they are thinking in their mind could be anything and probably mm-hmm. one instigative or one trigger word from you can really upset things 
so i think we just have to be very very careful with our words and it's then not just words i see cyberbullying is on an all time high i mean i don't know but why do people have problems with the way anybody else is living their life so i think we need to stop judging we need to be a little easy on us on other people and we really need to be kind with our words so justly the next question is uh, so tell me the information that you that you seek out on a daily basis like you know what are your sources what newspapers do you read what blogs do you access you said that you listen to a lot of podcasts so just give me like a few uh, things that you like consume actively um see my day really starts with google news that is something i just can't live without i, I and i i i would really want to say this that i have not subscribed to a physical paper physical newspaper in my home um mm-hmm. so i have to rely a lot on the digital news so for mm-hmm. my world news for my india news i think google news is definitely one thing that i definitely like to read and i love mm-hmm. to read the uh, new york times opinion section mm-hmm. um, that's also because it uh, you know like i say that for me understanding culture is very important because culture is that precursor of giving you the trends that are going to come to the market so a uh, new mm-hmm. york opinion it has some fabulous writers and their content is very top notch so that's one um, that i subscribe to um, i also mm-hmm. love to um, hear a few of these podcasts like there's this podcast called rabbit hole that's again by new york uh, yeah. there yeah. is a podcast called business wars oh my god that's like an addictive podcast so they pick up two mm-hmm. um, giant companies and they do this entire analysis on what really uh, how the war and the duel between those two brands started and how the brands right. were doing so i listen to that then there is uh, a bbc podcast which is a global news update uh, there is a mm-hmm. podcast called fact versus fiction uh, which is by dr sanjay mm-hmm. gupta that's again i mean i'm hearing it a lot during the coronavirus times and mm-hmm. uh, last but not the least instagram is a big source of news for me especially uh, in the, yeah especially in the fashion domain because i've kind of uh, very nicely followed the accounts which are like the voices in fashion so mm-hmm. you know these are editors these are stylists these are some of the very big designers so when they put up their work or they put up like where they're traveling or what they're doing it gives you a sense of where the world is moving in the fashion industry i think that mm-hmm. for me is like my knowledge bank got this so justine a tough question uh, imagine you were told that you will have to move out of benetton for whatever reasons personal professional whatever and you have to find a replacement for yourself could be that person to have that replaces you considering it's a it's a huge hypothetical question answer it i think um, you know at my role i feel creativity is something that that is non negotiable because because the way i think uh, benetton is structured in india we are independent when it comes to our social media you know to uh, curate our content ourselves we have to do our campaigns ourselves and literally every bit of content that goes out is thought in house so i think mm-hmm. uh, creativity would be non negotiable to begin with mm-hmm. i'm kind of taking it um uh, taking it as a rider that rest of the skills in anyone who is going to be a marketer uh, would be there but i think again i would i can't stress it enough that creativity is something that that has to be on a top notch and a high game so uh, you just touched upon the fact that uh, at benetton india you do most of the things in house so that is a question that a lot of people wanted us to ask you that you know if you manage an international brand in india i mean obviously we have one of your i mean you are an example but there are tons of other brands in india that are international in their you know origin so how does it work with their uh, uh, let's say the the international brand teams and the local nuances in terms of you know how do you how do you marry the two 
uh, what is it at Bennett now? How do you do it at Bennett? Okay, so uh, I think first to begin with, uh, I know a lot of friends who work in a similar setup where they're working for a local um, region and, you know, they have an international mm-hmm. team. See, it's very, very subjective to how the team, re- how the brand really wants to position in each region. Because mm-hmm. I also know of certain brands that have zero interference policy. So if they give you a marketing deck, you are blindly supposed to just replicate it because they're very, very concerned about the global imagery but if you really talk about Benetton um, and in the past few years Benetton has created uh, a local dialogue with customers so we run a United by series and in that United by series we really try to address topics that are India related that are not global the essence of everything that we do relies uh, lies in the global heritage so you know we always mm-hmm. talk about society social which has been the brand DNA but yeah mm-hmm. again, I think I think there, there can't be like one answer to this question because each brand is very very unique in how they want to position it but yeah for Benetton since last about five years we've started doing a lot of local content cool so let's talk of uh, the hottest thing that is around us right now coronavirus covid what do you think the consumer would change as an impact of covid and b how do you think the business of communication will change as an impact i see the business uh, the way we were headed towards digital uh, adoption i mm-hmm. think we we are heading in the same direction it's just that we've leapfrogged decades maybe what had to happen mm-hmm. a decade from now has started happening because people are locked down and the only way that you can be connected is digitally mm-hmm. brands who had a contribution of a certain percentage x and a y split between digital and traditional of course uh, for the time being traditional has been dominant over the rest of the traditional media uh, which mm-hmm. i feel uh, eventually will equate out it's just a very sudden change till the time the vaccine doesn't come up or till the time the sentiment is not leveled up but communication mm-hmm. overall i feel you know this has been a big reset and a reboot in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and uh, people have started questioning a lot of brands existence their responsibility because the whole sustainability angle attached with covid has been has has been everywhere you know people are talking about pollution people are talking about climate change people are talking about sustainability people are talking about responsible brands so i think in mm-hmm. future the brands who have probably not paid attention to the social and the humanitarian aspect of their brand's purpose are are going to uh, have a run for their money uh, brands mm-hmm. are going to become more responsible when they communicate they're going to become kinder when they communicate at least that's mm-hmm. going to change their eye course in the near future and tell me while while we are at this tell me uh, some interesting uh, campaigns that you've seen from other brands they may or may not be competitors but, mm-hmm. but what have you seen on the internet that you know some of the brands that have done interesting work around uh, covid um see i kind of feel that uh, uh, there, there is not immediately anything that comes to my mind because i feel there has actually been an effort by a lot of brands to do a lot of things so there is this brand called delivery so yeah. what delivery yeah. did was they uh, i chanced upon this form login form where if you enter your details uh, mm-hmm. your name your address and whatever they send you a care package yeah okay and uh, I remember I, I and my, my my husband and I were sitting and we just filled it up randomly okay because we are both mm-hmm. from the same industry and a lot curious about brands and yeah. a few days later we received a package mm-hmm. and that had a bottle of sanitizer it had a few mm-hmm. masks and it okay. had a pair of gloves and nice. I was zapped and surprised mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and they did it 
free of cost. Uh, they basically were trying to help people who did because you know if you remember the start of COVID in India, just when the lockdown was announced, every drug shop, every chemist shop had run out of these uh, stuff. So people were finding it very difficult to get their hands on sanitizer and mask. And I and I think yeah, a, I yeah, and I think a brand logistical brand which is not even a B two C brand like delivery primarily operates in a B two B sphere. But for them to do something unpaid for uh, for people who are in need i i thought it was a great gesture funny thing now i'm thinking about it uh i don't think delivery has anything to sell to you right if it was done by say a exactly. mcdonald's exactly that's yeah. what i said yeah. they don't work they don't operate in a b2c setup they operate yeah. in a b2b yeah. setup yeah. yeah but yeah. i think that was that was a great uh, great move by them mm-hmm. So yeah, that's interesting. Nobody else has told me, and so this was only in Delhi, Gurgaon. It was a pandemic. You don't know. I am not too sure about it, but uh, I mean, I, I it's safe to assume that uh, it was in Delhi NCR. I, I think at least it was there. It was at least in Delhi NCR. At least in Delhi NCR, yeah. <laughs> Good. So okay, tell me what opportunities do you see getting created as an aftermath? Like if I told you, you know, up up open a business school, you want to be an entrepreneur. So what opportunities do you see have opening up around us? Um, see, I do feel that people. have taken a lot of interest in their health in mm-hmm. the last uh, two months uh, people mm-hmm. have started talking about topics like nutrition like i i i am mm-hmm. a nutrition freak i have this okay. uh, huge do's and don'ts list that i have given out mm-hmm. to my family they're not supposed to <laughs> drink water after the meal and i kind of feel that um, you know those are not baseless some of those things are very very scientific it's just that people mm-hmm. don't really know the science behind it so mm-hmm. i i i feel that um in india specifically we do not have a lot of nutrition schools we do not have a lot of uh, focus on nutrition which i feel would eventually come around because see at the end of the day they say that covid getting covid recovering from covid is an immunity game you don't have medicines you mm-hmm. don't have a vaccine yeah so yeah. Uh, people have to invest in immunity and there are ways you can in- invest in immunity the first way is that you change your lifestyle and eat good food and a lot of people mm-hmm. don't even know about the basic macros and micros that you're getting in the food so i feel nutrition as a space is is really real, you know young fluent for phenomena or will it change the consumer behavior from the ground up see uh, i i can tell you for a fact that people in the rural segment eat more nutritious food than people in the urban segment because mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. in the rural segment are not going to binge on your uh, chips and pizzas and they would eventually just eat dal roti rice which is way more healthy than what urban people eat and i also feel that the whole um, uh, because see why why do you need need knowledge you basically mm-hmm. need knowledge when you have a choice and choice mm-hmm. only exists in the urban phenomena like a rural person doesn't have a choice ki main fast food khau or should i eat a healthy food homemade food he has to eat right. the choice is right. in the urban guy and the urban guy has to decide do i need to go to a mcdonalds or do i need to go to a pizza hut or should i mm-hmm. eat a khichdi at my home so i think that's Bad where way. the opportunity so people are going to go get to work from home what are those three four interesting things that you're doing to ensure that the team is still and closely bound as it would be if they were in an office what are those interesting uh, technology and tools that you're using to do that i am not someone who has done virtual coffee dates with my team at all you know i kind okay. of feel that that's a compulsion right we all are doing mm-hmm. uh, dishes we are vacuuming our home we are <laughs> making food mm-hmm. i think I think my team is I mean my team and I we are enough bonded to mm-hmm. survive this and I have mm-hmm. actually given them a lot of time to create a good mm-hmm. bond and good relationship between us because I feel mm-hmm. all of us are under a lot of stress you know we're not just mm-hmm. working from home we are working for the home also <laughs> 
so yeah, yeah. Uh, actually uh, coincidentally i have not tried to do any team bonding activity in fact whatever little time i feel is spare i've just let them be where they are and give their time to family or whatever housework they're doing nice. that's a that's a that's a unique one because nobody else has sort of given me this answer that, so that's, yeah, that's why i was saying that i'm not really sure this is right or wrong <laughs> but it just felt right given the team that i have that i just because because they're both young and uh, i know that they are with their family so they would have a lot of work to do so which is why i've like given them time to be on their own so tell me uh, what will be very very hard for marketing professionals in general in the times to come events 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 that's that's mm-hmm. the hardest thing because i do not personally speaking i do not think that virtual events can replace physical events i really don't think mm-hmm. so because the fact mm-hmm. when you enter into a set and how you experience an installation i'm not sure if you can replicate it virtually everything else in my head has an al- alternative but not events as such you know uh, mm-hmm. so i definitely feel that that um, experience how 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 consumers experience brand how media experiences a brand i'm not really sure how that's going to shape up so what and what about marketers let's say for example if i'm passing out of college this year uh, what skills do i need to have apart from core marketing knowledge to be able to you know impress a boss impress a client and get things done i see i i mostly don't even don't think that you know any short term skill is ever of importance i do feel that and i go back to the point where i started and maybe i'm overusing it but i think it's just knowing the culture more knowing and understanding what's happening around you more what what sometimes mm-hmm. happens is sometimes some very normal things common things we just ignore them but they need to be registered like you need to take note of these so i feel as marketers you just need to know where is the world headed for example i i can tell you for now i'm hearing and, and it's not a very personal opinion that i give you but i know a lot of people who have never in their life heard a podcast or hearing to podcast you know so yeah. i i feel that is increasing a lot of people who were not very fond of ott content have started mm-hmm. uh, uh subscribing to netflix so i think you know these little things that you just need to capture pay attention to and then whenever you're doing uh, your marketing strategy whenever you're doing your consumer analysis you just need to be conscious of where the world is headed that's very important that is okay i'm going to ask you another controversial question that may have a controversial answer what are some of the most abused and cringe inducing jargons that you've come across <laughs> um i think the biggest jargon that i uh, come across is um integrated marketing i know it makes sense <laughs> a lot of ways but i i find it really um it, it pisses me off to a certain extent because and i know a lot of people would have an argument to saying that integrated marketing is required but i feel that mm. no you know even a unique channel marketing can do wonders mm. for you i think you yeah. need to be very very sure of what the objective is and i know some of the campaigns that have happened only on instagram only on instagram but mm-hmm. everybody knows about them so i i feel that integrated marketing there was a point where it would work because the consumer demographic was demanding that but now i feel is the time where you have very clear cut filters of where you can find your audience so the overlap mm-hmm. should be reduced so that the expense to the company gets reduced and i am very mm-hmm. very certain of that if marketers pay more attention to it there can be a uni channel marketing strategies that can work really well and again it's a very 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 personal opinion i am absolutely uh, yeah yeah it's it's very personal so, to what i think of marketing strategies as so disclaimers to disclaimer to all the uh, people listening to this conversation we are talking to justine 
the individual, not the marketing manager yeah. at UCB. So, so can't stress that enough. Huh. Right, Jocelyn? Right, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so tell me what is your opinion on things like AR and VR and emerging technology that apparently makes the life of a marketer easier? I have mixed opinions, both good and bad. Mm-hmm. I I feel some things have an alternate and I feel some things don't have an alternate. When we're talking about mm-hmm. a virtual reality Yes, it can come in very handy when you're trying to, uh, say, do a virtual shopping tour. But if you're trying mm-hmm. to get up and close with a particular product or if you're trying to see a fit and a style, a virtual reality might not even be close to the real, the real reality. So it's, it's, it's a mixed bag right now because mm-hmm. uh, I think this whole era is in the nascent stage of both AR and VR. But I do feel if you really ask me mm-hmm. my bet, I put my bet on AR and VR because I do think this is going to be the future of marketing. So in your opinion, which will the battle data-driven marketing or core insights-led marketing that is dependent on raw creativity? See, I think I would like to answer it in a way that when you're talking about FMCG products, Mm -hmm. I think data is always going to win because Mm -hmm. it's working on a very, very big scale. But I think when you're talking about more value-added products like more value proposition products i feel mm-hmm. the insights are going to win because see what happens is when you're talking about okay I, i'll give a very very uh, hypothetical example when you're talking about something like a mercedes benz you know when mm-hmm. you're talking about experience and experience comes core with some of these luxury brands some of these premium brands that's where i feel mm-hmm. insights play a huge role because uh, mm-hmm. it's higher buck that the consumers mm-hmm. are paying but with FMCG, because it's a huge scale and economies are high, I feel data will add more value. I think I like to answer it that way. So what is your take on uh, these girls and boys next door becoming influencers on these platforms like TikTok lately and then Instagram to the world? Is there, What is your take on that? See, I, I will give you, and, and this is one thing that I've been doing since last at least seven years of my career. I feel... Till the time an influencer is a content factory, it is great, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, Mm -hmm. if I talk about, and I would take a name, uh, if I talk about someone like a Prajakta Kohli, if I talk about Mm -hmm. someone like a Sejal Kumar, Mm -hmm. these influencers are working hard on their content, you know? And when you see Mm -hmm. their content, everything, every time it's something fresh, you know, you like to watch Mm -hmm. it. But if you're talking about another influencer who does a video on how this skincare routine will give me a flawless skin, that's not going to work. So I think Mm -hmm. influencer is going to stay, uh, which is not Mm -hmm. something that I thought five years back. But I say this today, influencer marketing is going to stay, but it completely depends on the content creator. You know, the content has to be much more than the product. The content has to have a story and everything that, that goes on your feed needs to tell your personality. I think if but those things, those ingredient ingredients are right, influencer marketing, uh, especially these influencers are going to be. So what happens is on the influencer piece, a lot of these agencies like, you know, creative agencies and digital agencies will go to a client and say that, you know, for your particular business problem, here is this young girl who has a 5 million kind of a following. Uh, and here is an idea. Let's marry the two and get her to be a mouthpiece for our idea, for our communication. That's approach A. Approach B is a brand like yours approaches and influences directly and says that, you know, you are a young person who understands technology, content, community and the audience well. Uh, what do you think should be the idea for us to uh, uh, go ahead with? Which of the two approaches do you think works better for you? 
see it again you i know you will say that i give you diplomatic answers but you know it can be one way they definitely can be one okay. way i'll tell you why think of it as a as a as a marriage between a boy and a girl yeah the boy has to like the girl and the girl has to like the boy right so the thing is there can't be an answer to it it can't be one way street because you are a entering into the influencers audience right mm-hmm. so you are entering into the influencers audience nobody knows that audience more than the influencer yeah mm-hmm. and if you're t- talking about the brand that the influencer has to endorse nobody knows the brand better than the brand itself so mm-hmm. i definitely say that and in fact there has to be a very fruitful and a productive communication between both the parties because there mm-hmm. is there are two personalities coming together there are two images coming together so it has to match mm-hmm. there is no other way and if i were to ask you to pick between the celebrity influencers let's say film stars and cricketers versus these people next door the ones that we spoke about which one would you prefer and uh, or is it again both ways no this is not both ways see this is based on your strategy see if you have deep pockets to uh, invest into celebrities mm-hmm. you take celebrities of course you can't beat celebrities on reach but the fact is that i know some of the brands who have never taken celebrities but they have consistently taken their influencers spread out their budget evenly through the year and gotten great results so i think mm-hmm. it's there there these are two functions one is function of a consistency because hota gaya once you do a carpet bombing carpet bombing event and then you're silent the mm-hmm. entire year might mm-hmm. not work for a lot of brands you know they keep need that push through the year so for that push and to make your budgets more sustainable you try to get on influencers and celebrities so i think it Got completely it. depends on what your budgets really look like uh, the next question the scene is that you know uh, so what is your take on surrogate marketing uh, you know there are a lot of categories that can't really use mainline communication channels even digital channels to promote themselves so they often just you know come up with mineral water and they come with playing cards and they come up with funny things to promote themselves so what is your take on those um see i feel at the end of the day it's all about brand recall and if you are mm-hmm. able to establish the recall without getting into a cannibalization or you know a thought cannibalization like i'll give you an example uh, i read this somewhere and i i'll just also research and i'm not quoting it wrong but wadilal which is an ice cream company yeah mm-hmm. uh, ha- also has petrol pumps yeah oh wow i didn't know that exactly so the and they had mm-hmm. petrol pumps earlier than the ice creams okay and people did not want to buy ice creams from them because they found it very very repulsive so i feel till mm-hmm. the time only adds growth and fuel to your existing and main category your cash cow brands it's all good mm-hmm. uh it increases your brand recall good for you but it should not be something that is very uh counter to what your mainline products i feel so tell me what are your favorite gadgets and what should a marketer acquaint themselves with like what should we invest in i actually uh, uh i've the, i think the biggest not the biggest i would say but uh, the most prominent investment and the recent investment i did on my airpods i think they have made my life easier than anything in the world because i'm mm-hmm. i'm like i'm plugged onto my airpods i don't even care about the wire and i'm taking my calls day in day out because see I, as a marketer and i i'm i'm very sure i speak on behalf of all the marketers you have mm-hmm. plethora of calls in a day and i think you survive yeah. on calls yeah so i think it's very important for you to also uh, like i i ensure that i'm walking when i'm doing my calls i'm not sitting on one place so are you walking right now 
um see this is on laptop honestly so um, i'm sitting on one place on a single place yeah but i kind of feel as a marketer one thing that's really increased my productivity uh mm-hmm. has been airpods and i'm any which way a big apple fan so uh, yeah yeah so there was this question on twitter somebody had asked some big vc had asked a question on twitter it said what was that one purchase under 10000 rupees that you made that made your life uh, significantly better and you'd be surprised that 80% people said airpods i'm not surprised because <laughs> i you know uh, sort of i was never the person who could have headphones on in my ears like these earbuds in my ear i know i think i have funny ears okay that the weird <laughs> structure so no headphone really grips very well and they keep falling off mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, i always had a terrible time till the time somebody mm-hmm. told me that you should try airpods and i thought why well, it's going to be the same thing what big deal yeah. they were like no you know there's something about them and they fit in my ear like a glove i was like oh my god i've never had anything fit in my ear so well so i am mm. not surprised i am a big fan of airpods so okay if if you were to gift a couple of books things tools ideas to your team each member of your team mm. what would you what would you pick i think i am um, i uh, there's this hbr series uh, volume mm-hmm. of books that's uh, by strategy innovation um there's this book called mindfulness i think i'm going to either give them an hbr membership or mm-hmm. i'm actually going to buy a couple of uh, hb books and give them i i have huge faith on all the harvard researchers and I, some of their articles have really been like biblical to me so yeah i'm going to give that to my team got it so just in uh, i'm towards the last three four questions that i have for you uh tell me i when i when i was researching about you to understand who you are before i could ask you questions I realized that you are super super active on you know LinkedIn, and when I say active, you are actually contributing to the community by you know pointing at right articles to read, uh, asking them to find you know opportunities in in these times. So so if if I wanted to give you wanted you to give me a crash course on LinkedIn, what are those three or four tips that I can take from you? I think for me, LinkedIn has been very intuitive, and I think that's where I I have an edge. because i've tried to uh, incorporate my linkedin post um, uh, no sorry take inspiration of my linkedin post from whatever happens in my day to day life I, mm-hmm. i don't really have any set strategy i think the only strategy is that whatever happens through my day if there's any experience that stands out i think um, and it's professional i think that's also one thing i do not do not on my linkedin ever try to uh, put out any personal content that's that's a big big rule but uh, i think intuitively if there is anything professionally that i feel strongly about that goes on my linkedin i haven't really given a big brain to I it if if you were to reverse the roles and if i were to if you were to ask me a question what would that be what's that one thing what's that common thing that you found interviewing all the marketers okay uh, interesting because uh, throughout their lives is something that they would look for in people so for example if somebody has changed five jobs for example they would not want to uh, look at uh, a candidate that has stayed in the same industry for five years but they look at various experiences that that person has had over those last five years wow. so that's learning the ability to learn continuously is what i think most people have come back uh, to me with yours is obviously a unique one creativity because i think your business requires a lot of that but for other people it was learning i actually like that perspective because i also know age old hr practices would really 
really want to gauge you on how loyal you were to a company and how yeah. long did you spend at a company so i think that's a very refreshing perspective what you say i, I think that is changed because because most people that i've spoken to they're absolutely okay if you've spent 2 years with five companies over a period of 10 years we want to talk about uh, a time when you failed miserably at a project it could be at benetton or it could be at canon or it could be at even a college for that matter i actually will take this up because i'll be honest <laughs> it's taken me a long while to come to terms with this and um, i feel it's important now what happens is when you're at a leadership position everybody thinks that you've been doing things perfectly ever since you know you know everything you've never failed and and i think that's a that's such a big misconception because uh i did my first ever event and that was in dubai i'm not going to give you any more details but i did the worst job of it <laughs> the worst ever job of it i can't even tell you the kind of failures i had in that event and i just thought that i am never going to be able to show my face to anyone after this and i and that day i thought that you know marketing is not for me i should quit because i'm not made for it <laughs> but um, it took me a lot of years and i think it's probably after some 8 years and i'm talking about it uh, it's also wow. taken a lot of strength to come to terms with it that you know if you fail once it doesn't mean that you'll fail every time and you'll not be able to rise up and actually i really want to say this to everyone out there that if you ever failed please do not hang on to that memory i mean hang on to the lessons of that memory but do not hang on to the embarrassment of that memory because uh, you'll obviously do a better job of it in the times to come because you've learned out of it so uh, mm-hmm. yeah i i miserably miserably failed in one very very big event in my life uh, a physical event where there there were people who flew from india to dubai and it was a disaster event so there're going to be many such failures coming your way and that's the mm-hmm. truth i am not sure quoting it but that's the truth because you learn as you go um i i think the fact that i've taken so long to come to terms with it um, um mm-hmm. also speaks of the volumes that how much judgment there is in the industry in a workplace and there will mm-hmm. always be so i think we just need to be strong enough to find our own power resources and our own ways of getting over it but yeah everybody once in a lifetime at least once in a lifetime does encounter that big failure that you know becomes their go to memory which is fine and you just need to get out of it got it i have two more questions uh, one is an easy one one is a tough one so i'm going to ask the tough one first uh, what is it that you hate about the profession of marketing i don't think there's anything that i hate in my job except the fact that i know some of my peers marketing peers have to sell mm. products that they will never use mm, nice and i find that a little bit of catch 22 situation because you're doing that as a profession but you might never consume those products yourself and absolutely last question just thing i have is uh, if you were to throw open a marketing challenge to our listeners Uh, these could be students these could be mid level marketing managers agencies whatever what kind of what would you want them to you know work on to do yeah i have a very interesting question and i'll be very upfront with you that's like my mental exercise so what mm-hmm. i what i think of is i think of these situations where there's a random merger and acquisition that's happened okay mm-hmm. i come to think of it for example what if tomorrow you hear uh, netflix has been acquired by google mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. do you think Netflix is going to do. Okay. I think when you okay. try and marry some of these interesting brands because the mm-hmm. because every brand in today's day it has a very strong ideology and a personality. I think you yeah. just open a creative canvas for you to think how things 
can possibly be you know what mm-hmm. what are the larger unseen avenues or talk, uh, ways to talk to consumer so for example there there was a long time when i kept on thinking um, that what if one day uh, when i was mm-hmm. i was back at canon and i used to think about it what if one day canon is acquired by google you know what will mm-hmm. happen what will change because mm-hmm. when you think of those hypothetical situations you just think of the facts that you mostly ignore in your day to day life that's mm-hmm. worked for me at least yeah that's right so i call these things thought experiments and what i typically do just in is when i am writing my book no so i try to do a lot of these thought experiments to understand ki yaar ye character jungle mein gum ho jayega to kya karega for example exactly. like for example yeah. so that helps me at least in writing the book but i never thought about it in the from the marketing perspective that's nice that's interesting no try it you will be really intrigued with it amazing cool thank you so much this thing it was great great fun talking to you insane and amazing thank you so much that was justine from benetton hope you enjoyed the conversation and please write into us and tell us how do we improve the marketing connect podcast for you you just heard the latest episode of the marketing connect podcast a show for marketers by marketers the show was brought to you by c4e and the podium 